Carol has a question for you, Dr. Joel. Yep. Uh, she says she's been having insomnia and uh, heart palpitation mm. since the last two months. Mm. She's seen an endocrinologist and he said that her insomnia is not due to declining hormones or perimenopause, but it's caused by anxiety. Mm. So how do I overcome this insomnia? Okay. That's what Carol's asking. Okay. Well, that, that's good news. It means it's not a medical issue. So relatively speaking, it's more manageable. And since the doctor says anxiety, that's good as well. We sort of kind of put our finger on what's going on. Really good ways to manage our anxiety is uh, to do some uh, more relaxation kind of exercises, right? So if you go on YouTube, for example, and you look for videos like uh, progressive muscle relaxation, deep breathing, and mindfulness exercises, right? Those are some really good things that you can learn. And especially since you're having insomnia as well so insomnia is related to the anxiety right the whole idea is that even though my body is tired but if my brain is running a million miles an hour I'm never going to go to sleep because it's just so active right so these exercises the mindfulness exercises and the breathing exercises for example not only will they relax and calm your body it will also calm your mind as well right so it serves as a distraction almost so if your mind is distracted then it's calmer in that sense and then you will lull off to sleep much easier after that same goes with anxiety as well so with anxiety inherently the reason why you're having it is because there's something that's bothering you or troubling you sometimes it can be a massive thing like let's say um, your work safety for not work safety sorry your the how secure your job is for example something big like that sometimes it can be really really small things that just add up together and becomes this giant tsunami kind of thing right using these exercises can be a really good way to manage anxiety as well okay now if you tried it for a couple of weeks and you need to try it for a while it's not going to happen overnight right it's not going to work like that if after a couple of weeks it still doesn't improve then maybe it's a good idea to see a counsellor or a clinical psychologist just to work through some of the issues you might have and then that will give you a lot of uh, relief from the anxiety insomnia at what point is oh man I couldn't sleep for a night mm. and I was a bit worried yep. that's not insomnia though that's just no. one night yep. when does it become a problem yeah so uh, if I remember my bio classes properly if you don't sleep for more than five days you could die right so if anything wow. approaching that I mean we're talking about five straight days of no sleep right, right. Um, by the third day, you'll start to have your delusions and hallucinations and things like that, right? If few consecutive days where you can't sleep, then that's a really big issue. You need to go and see a doctor straight away, right? If it's randomly, like a couple of nights a week, that kind of thing, then it's still okay. It's not so bad yet. But you still you probably want to start looking into ways you can try and uh, intervene and do something about it. We are given the advice, you know, for a healthy sleep routine. Mm. We shouldn't watch our phones yeah. or, or, you know... And blue y- light, right? And, yeah. and the thing is, these mm. relaxation exercises, they're all on YouTube yep. so do you watch them before you want to go to bed or do you watch it by the side of your bed so yeah, that you yeah. can lull off to sleep yeah. how do you do it these are the kind of exercises you don't want to do when you need it right? so you want to practice it before and then when you go to sleep at night you're doing it uh, automatically or ah. at least you have it in your head already lah. Another version is you can download the audio and then you can play it on your phone so you don't have to see anything. You can close your eyes and just listen to the narration. We receive a voice note from Mrs. J on our DG Lightline. Uh, I've been married to my husband for the past 34 years. He's a good husband, a good provider, good father, but he lies a lot. He's been cheating on me. Uh, I caught his first affair and then he says sorry and then, you know, I forgive him. And then now again, the same thing. I don't know why he's doing all this. He really loves me. Uh, I left the house once and he begged me to come back and he said he will change this and that. But he doesn't want to let go of this woman. But he lies a lot. He lies to me. He lies to her. Uh, Is this a mental problem or what? I honestly don't know what to do. I'm really fed up of all this. Can you please advise? Thank you. Wow, that's... 
complicated, doctor. Oh, yeah. Um, so, to answer your question, Mrs. J, right? Does she have a mental problem? Potentially, yes, right? So, there's something we call personality disorders, right? So, personality dis- disorders is basically impairment in the way you relate with other people, right? So, you mentioned in your your, your message then just now that he, he feels like he's God, he's lying to people, trying to manipulate people into getting what he wants. Even when you left or so, he was trying to like get you back and things like that, right? So, it's possible that he has a personality disorder that makes it so that, you know, he's trying to manipulate people, like, you know, he gets what he wants at all times and it's all about him, very egocentric, like, very self-centered, like, put it that way, like, right? That's one possibility. Another one is that, you know, the lying, the compulsive lying is coming from somewhere, like, you know, perhaps there's something to hide, maybe it's an ego thing, like, you know, oh, look, I've got a wife and I've got a girlfriend on the side as well, you know, it makes me feel good about myself, right? Um, and that's why he perpetuates it for so long and despite everything that you've asked him to do, the ultimatums and things like that, like, right? So, I guess, um, I hope that answers your question in that sense, right? He does he have a mental problem? I think potentially he does. But whether or not anything can be done or not really relies on your husband, right? Um, because, like you'd like to say on this show, you can't force the cow to drink the water, like, yes. basically, right? So, that's, I think that's where we're at right now. Because 34 years of marriage, they've yeah. been together, right? And yeah. this is not the first time that he's cheated. Yeah. yeah. This is the second time, right? So, mm. is she trying to solve his mental issue and then hopefully fix the marriage? What What is she hoping to achieve out of this? We can only guess, right? So one thing could be that, right? Maybe there's something inherently he's unhappy about in the marriage, so that's why he's gonna look outside for some some something else, right? Right. On the other hand, it could be just a power trip, right? Um, the fact that I can keep two relationships going at the same time, the fact that I can um, enjoy the presence of this the company of these two women, you know, that's my my power like, over them. Like, that could be another issue as well. So there could be a lot of different factors here going on. Like, so it's hard for us to guess what's happening. Like. We received a text message on our DG Light line from S. Uh, good morning, my friend is 37, but he cannot take meat that comes with small bones. <laughs> he said that it is a type of phobia. Is it true? If it is, how do you overcome it? What do you mean he cannot take <laughs> meat that comes with small bones? Also, he, is what? it like a fish? Like those, like maybe, maybe he's had fish bones Bone stuck. stuck in his throat. Yeah, do yeah, people get phobias like that? You can. So, phobias is basically something that happens to you and then you, you you are very fearful about it happening again, right? So, you try and avoid that situation. So, that's why people are claustrophobic, for example. They don't like uh, walls and things like that. Some people are afraid of like roaches and rats. Um, a few years back, there was this really f- famous, uh, the ones about the lotus seed pods kind of thing. That oh, yeah, the repetitive that, right? patterns yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. Right? That, yeah. Right? Right. So inherently, whatever freaks you out, whatever makes you uh, creep you out, and what makes you scared is one thing. But then you, there's a lot of avoidance after that, like That's what makes it a phobia, like, right? So in this case, your friend S, um, I think he it, it's a legit uh, thing. He has, does have a phobia about it, right? Perhaps like what Bell said just now, like, maybe he had a fish bone stuck in his throat last time, and just like hyper cautious about it, like, right? In terms of how to fix it, um, first question is, do we need to? Because there's enough meat out there that doesn't have small meat, so it's he's he's gonna survive. Like, it's not an issue, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but you just have to eat meat with big bones. Big bones, right? Yeah. Or, or don't eat fish, you know, or eat like, I don't know, whale meat. I don't know. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Don't take, don't take will meat. Not good. So I think if you, but if you really want to cure it, you want to get over it, right? Then you need to start, uh, build a fear ladder, right? So the biggest fear factor, for example, let's say it's eating fish with those really tiny, like Y-shaped bones kind of thing, right? You scale down from there. So you move down one level, one level, one level. So your base level might be um, chicken wings, let's say, for example. So it's still small, but relatively big enough. And then you move up the scale, move up the scale, move up the scale. Eventually, you get to the point where you can eat the fish with the bones, like in that sense, like bone-in fish, right? Um, and that's how usually we do it. 
phobias, right? Like lizards, for example, with the lowest level, we're just playing with a toy lizard, and then you work your way up until you. Okay, let's not talk about lizards. <laughs> I already freaked out by the, the fact that you mentioned. And then at the, the, the highest level of the ladder is that giant lizard oh, that Lord, they found in Indonesia. In Indonesia. Oh. <laughs> Actually, you know, I'm just thinking about this particular case. Though. Yeah, it's not that big a deal to be honest with you. It's and not. Yeah, is this yeah. friend the one who's got the issue? <laughs> Asking about why this friend can't eat uh, meat with bones. Yeah, I think it's more that like it's, it's definitely not an What's issue. What's the big deal? Yeah, it's not. You know, just eat like chicken breast or whatever. It yeah, is, yeah. It's fine. Maybe she enjoys eating like Fish. you know meat with small bones. And she yeah. can't eat with this friend. But maybe. then she sees this friend, so she's the one. Who has <laughs> issue. I, I'm just thinking. I don't know, right? Jenny, you have a question for Dr. Joel. Uh, doctor, I'm, uh, I just want to know, uh, am I having a big problem? Because uh, I realise that uh, at normal times, right, I'll be like, no problem, like, um, you know, very rational, very calm. But then when mm-hmm. it comes to a situation where I have very strong conviction on that matter, for example, like uh, child safety, yep. if, uh, for example, my, you know, my close family members, they are uh, actually not, uh, you know, doing the right thing as in them. Um, Compromise with the child safety. Then, when that matter, when I when it, my conviction is very strong, uh-huh. that I'll be very very angry. I will really cow cow scold the person. Mm, so mm, this mm. situation only occur like uh, once in a blue moon. Right. right. So I'm thinking, do I have any um, mental issue or what? <laughs> like so, the good news, I don't think there's anything wrong with you, Jenny. I think you're someone who has a very clear sense of right and wrong. La. So in our field, we call that black and white thinking. So that means there is a right thing to do and there's a wrong thing to do, right? And you believe oh. that very strongly, la. So I don't think there's anything wrong with you. Uh, psychologically there's not a mental health disorder or anything like that right but rather I think if you want to try and uh, manage the situation a bit better then I think the next time something like that flares up right instead of uh, oh. immediately lashing out and, and doing something oh. about it just take a few minutes just to sit down and uh, process what's going on right and before you start mm. speaking to the person that's involved let's say a parent or a perpetrator mm. or whatever it is right so mm. it's I think it's warranted that you get angry because it's something that you strongly believe in but I think it's how angry you get like how 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 cow you score the person in that sense oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very right. terrible but then after when I'm rational ah. I didn't do the wrong thing for scolding but it's just that the scolding is very intense correct, la, correct, yeah, correct. so yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong just take some time before you start scolding right take some time oh. just to sit down and process the, 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 the story first and then after that you can go have the conversation with that person la. so then you give yourself a bit of space to calm down first la. that rational mind comes back la. okay okay thank you so much doctor. no worries how to handle an adult autistic individual hmm. uh, no functioning mm-hmm. with self injury behaviour self injury so it means he's hurting himself through cutting or um, hitting the wall or digging uh, skin and then making holes and pulling hair Okay. Sometimes slapping themselves. This person, um, has he been uh, receiving um, care uh, while he was growing up? Like going to an ABA center or autistic center or anything like that? Uh, yes. Okay. But now because they are adults, there are no centers for them. Yep. You know, yep. tried applying to Nassim and all that, but he haven't got a place. Okay. okay. Uh, and then she's uh, actually it's a she. Uh, she's at home. She's on anti-convulsants and antidepressants. Okay. And uh, she's got multiple allergies. Okay. And then now with the MCO, we can't bring her out because we are afraid if she gets sick. All right. Because all right. we can't handle. Okay. So she's getting very frustrated. Okay. And for her, the self-harming, is it a new behavior or is it something she's been doing in the past as well? She has been doing on and off, but it's not to this extent. Okay, okay, it's gotten worse, right? Okay, um, this is quite hard. Usually with uh, individuals with autism, um, their behaviours are quite set, right? Meaning that 
once they've adopted a new routine or behavior, they tend to stick to it and they don't really deviate from it, lah. Right? And that's why I was asking, like, what did she receive any training uh, when she's growing up or not? Because that can sometimes help because we can go back to the old lessons that she learned before and help her relearn or unlearn um, new behaviors, like that sense, lah. Right? Since you're saying it's something that gotten worse, that's that's a good sign in the sense that hopefully we can un- uh, rewind it a little bit. First thing that I would suggest is that you know if she starts uh, self harming herself, right, to start introducing um, behaviors or things like activities that she likes to do so it's like a distraction kind of technique right so let's say there's a favorite food for example or favorite soft toy for example then we can introduce that as soon as possible to try and uh, take a mind off the self-harming like that's the first one right second one is to replace that behavior like so let's say for example you said she was um, digging holes and picking her skin right if not mistaken so if she's doing that give her something else to do right so something that's a bit less harmful like, in that sense like perhaps giving her like a hard uh, mat for example to, for her to punch right for now and from there we just start reducing the behavior so we get to her to punch a mat first for example so it's less damaging to her then the next one we can do something else so we reduce it over time like, in that sense like. so it, I think right now the main focus here is very consistent kind of uh, behavior and training and, and, and uh, distraction techniques for example and giving her enough time for her to change the behaviors like. that's something that we need to focus on like, for now um, but if it really gets too bad right that means it's out of control where it's hurting herself to a point where she might need to go to hospital for example right then I think getting her an appointment with a clinical psychologist who has an experience working with uh, individuals with autism is really important then that way they can do much more uh, stronger significant interventions for her yeah